And right now, we're getting ready to get into some NFL extra points football talk right now. And uh, one of the biggest things, too, as uh, we look at it and we're going to be getting into, uh, we got some uh, proposed uh, rule changes coming up, too, for this season. I think we kind of touched on, on one of our shows like about a little over a month ago. But right now, you've got, I think, one of the intriguing ones out of everything. I don't know if you got a chance to see the list, but uh, this is coming from the NFL Football Operations, which we follow on social media at NFL Fo Football Ops. One of the biggest things I like, instead of going for the onside kick, you have the opportunity right now to go for a conversion of a first down where I think it's going to be, yeah, fourth and 15 instead. I think that's a lot more reasonable right there. Because let's face it, when you're when the game is on the line, you're trying to do everything you can to come back. I tell you what, that's going to open up a lot of percentages right there. I could see someone easily making fourth and 15 more so than trying to recover a pop football in the air. That's going to be my favorite one. So now is that being took out the game is my question. Like, have you took it out the game? Because like you said, what person, excuse me, what person would actually want to take a chance on the onside kick? When I rather, like you said, take it on fourth and 15. Right. And then my next question is, don't that seem like an XFL rule to you? Do that seem like XFL to you? You could say that in some ways, but I mean, at the same time, too, you know what? The, let's let's be honest, too. Aside from the XFL, this league is all about them catering to the offense. They like seeing a lot of numbers go up. People who are betting on the games, fancy teams, they're catering more to that crowd. I'm not saying they're not they're not trying to respect defense, but at the same time, too, I do feel right now you got something right here. Uh, you gotta like uh, try something new here. You gotta try something fresh. And not only that, too, I think the biggest thing, too, believe it or not, what I think may why they're probably doing this. You talk about you look at look one of the things they've been doing with the special teams kicks. You know how they've been spreading out, giving people separation or getting collisions. I'm starting to wonder too. In some ways, what do you think about this spot? Do you get actually feel right now too? It's also part of a safety issue. Because when you're kicking that ball possibly in the air and trying to recover, think about it. You're taking a chance at nailing someone uh, like in the process of getting that ball recovered. So let's do it a safer way. Let's make the odds a little bit more intriguing, 4th and 15, where it's more safer and easier to convert, convenience-wise, if we're looking out for the safety of the players. say You say that. I can see... I can see that, but the game of football is a, it's, it's an aggressive game. It don't it doesn't matter. I understand that the ball popped into the air, but imagine me catching a ball in between the hashes, and I got this big safety for them to whack me. You know, so what what's the difference in that? It's football. It's pass colliding. You know, is 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 action. That's football. I understand that we are supposed to put players' safety into it, but fourth and fifteen, when you got players like. Drew Brees and players like Aaron Rodgers, that's just like, it's like a cakewalk to them. So, right. You know, imagine if you got somebody that don't have a quarterback, you know, so so like then what? Fourth and 15 is, is nothing. If, then if you score on it, do you get seven points on Austin? Did they say that? Like if I go for it on fourth and 15, because it started from the team's 25-yard line, what if I score a touchdown? Do I, if that's seven points? It has to be. I, I, I would have to think they're treating it that way. I mean, the only thing is, too, 
what I'm noticing, what they be doing. I think they be starting it off from the 25 yard line. They're doing this onside kick, so you'd be doing it up to the 40 yard, up to the 40 yard line. You convert, so I think you'd be gaining like 60 yards that you had to try like try and finish the drive to make that comeback, despite recovering the ball. And another thing I find interesting too, uh, not just for like the preseason, but the regular season and. I want to say the playoffs. I'm not so sure, but they're trying to extend the overtime minutes right now. Five extra minutes in overtime because you know how overtime nowadays is shortened to ten minutes. So now they want to put five extra minutes, basically like a full quarter worth, to give time to like get a decisive uh, winner. Uh, I think it's because lately it's been like you said they're catering to the offense once again because lately it has been a few more draws than we. You know, have been seen in the late years of NFL football. If you don't remember the the great McNabb, you remember when he got the tie and he was like, "You're stupid." I never knew it was tied in football. It was so funny. Like you're uh, a football player and you don't know there's ties. I'm sure that's one thing he would admit that that's one thing he he regrets saying that he wish he could take back. You know, he, they, they, that was a game against the Bengals in Cincinnati too, if I'm not mistaken. That was in 2008. Yeah. I remember that. And I'm lucky he said, I never knew it was ties. And I was like, but you know, uh, <laughs> but I think, like like you said, it's catering more towards offense, more towards more possession football, more chances. Imagine in the fourth quarter, everybody's, you know, like probably trying to go for it on fourth and 15 or things like that. And you're going to see a different, like that, like it's like different football. I do, I do see some changes because, like I said, that XFL has always provided a little spark in the NFL to me. It's like that little brother. I'm better than you, but it's something that you always can do better than me that I can take and use it on a bigger platform. You know, so I do think that uh, that they did have some great rule changes, like the blind side, because there's been a lot of plays in the in the NFL that's really like the blind side block ain't really been too blind side, but based off the rules, you, you got to call it. So I think that's good. Uh, being able for the, the defense to decline of uh, playing in late game and the clock stop running, you know, the things like that. So uh, I'm very interested to see the season. And to be honest, Rick, I'm just interested to see any professional level of sport right now. <laughs> but I'm definitely intrigued to see how, how these rules play out for these teams. But I, I definitely do feel like it's going to be a matter of time. I mean, the only thing is with the XFL, you still got to try and recapture some of that magic. I mean, obviously with all sports being shut down right now, but this was definitely, uh, I definitely feel like the XFL was making some big strides starting off so far. Uh, I mean, it, it's just, it's unfortunate we have everything that's been shutting down. It kind of kills the momentum that you built off after being extinct for almost two decades and just coming back, I mean, with a process of like two years, and I'm sure a lot longer than this by uh, Vince McMahon. I mean, everybody. I mean, the guy who took a chance on this was definitely just laughed at. But at the same time, too, I mean, wow. I, I just, I, I just don't know what else to say on that. I just, I, I definitely do feel like that's something they've been able to take. I mean, whether it's looking at like the cameras over like the huddles right there in 2001. That was one thing they took from them. Yeah, like I said, you know, they take it. That's why, that's why I said I don't know what it is. But I think that it would be great for the NFL and the XFL if they could somehow come together and, you know, start these, like, developing processes 
even if we look at the NFL as the top, you know, the XFL is right under it and things like that. If they can, you know, kind of like a D-League it, but not D-League it, it'll be professional, but it'll allow somebody to go, you know, show their talents over there, develop a little bit more and go on the NFL. And if, and if they can both help each other, you know, like a player that, you know, that's not doing as well, and maybe he, he go to the XFL and get his feet wet, you know, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the, the great Steve Young company the XFL, no, no, that's the um, that's Steve Young. Um, who came from? What uh, quarterback came from the XFL from to the uh, 49ers? I'm not sure about that. Well, I know Landry Jones went from the Steelers to the XFL to like the Dallas Renegades. That's one thing I do so know. There's some players in there. We just gotta just keep it so. But I said, I'm interested to see how they change the rules and everything. See what rules stick. See what rules that they tried last year that they might change. They go back. The uh, I'm waiting. I, I think I think I know who you're talking about. Are you talking about PJ Walker of the Roughnecks? Yeah, so you know, so like I said, it's 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 players that that's showing talent. So I just I just hope that it, it can be something like that, and you know maybe players that's a bust. I, I can't like go in there like like if uh, somebody that wasn't good in the NFL, maybe they can uh, go to the XFL talent and get their talents back right then it comes to the NFL. But if they can both merge together and, and do something together, it'll be, it'll be a real good look. And uh, right now, speaking of NFL uh, draft coming up right now, too, we got some guys who are in the debate. But I also want to get into this real quick right now since we're uh, talking about it. There's about a lot of pressure right now trying to make amends for last season, too. I mean, with Ryan Pace and everyone with the Chicago Bears, what do you feel like is going to be the biggest like uh, emphasis of me going into this draft? We're going to get into the position players in just a second, but I definitely got to think one of the things they need to do is O-line protection and a running game. Those two things got to be a priority. Definitely need O-line. That was in my head. Uh, the running game, people keep saying that Montgomery is good. What I do like about Montgomery is he is a fall, a fall forward running back. I do like that. But as a number one option running back, I don't see it. And maybe they can get a running back by committee with him being the lead back. Yeah, but I don't see him being – I think he only had 100-yard rushing game last year. I don't see him being a prime running – unless we go out and get a hell of an O-line. But as of right now, like, we need a running back. We need another wide receiver. We need an O-line. We've been reaching out on defense. So, I think we need to go to this – draft and look for offense yeah I definitely do feel like offense I mean but like I said I think the biggest thing right now what I'm looking at I, I definitely have to say O-line but running game but more particularly the running game I mean who are you going to have because you haven't had one since Jordan Howard since he was uh, shipped like a, or a few years ago and look at where they're at right now but uh, we're, we're going to get into that right now, but let's also take a look at some of the draft prospects that are in this draft right now, beginning with uh, some of the wide receivers, too, in this draft, and one of the people that we uh, looked at right now, uh, as we found out uh, coming in here, as far as wide receiver, who do you think should be going first in the draft out of these uh, three guys, as far as being the first receiver selected? I got these three names for you, Reese. I got... Ole Mississippi, oh, I mean Ole Miss, Jerry Judy. Then you got Oklahoma, C.D. Lamb, or Alabama, 
Henry Ruggs the third. You know, uh, I'm a roll tide man, so I have watched a lot of more Alabama football than the other ones. But I have seen him, and then I, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take my boy uh, Ruggs the, the uh, third, only because being in a winning tradition. One thing I know about Alabama, and that's for sure, is, is they train to make winning products. Yeah, they had a couple of busts. But when you're over there, you're trained to be a winner. It's kind of like a, it's, they're like the Bill Belichick's, right? You know, over there. So I think yeah, uh, putting him in the right system will will uh, flourish him. Nothing against the other two, a wide receiver studs, studs. But if I have my choice, I, I'd probably pick him. I'm gonna have to go with. Uh, for me, I'm going to have to go with C.D. Lamb out of Oklahoma for some reason. And the biggest reason why I say that, too, I mean, when you look at him, he's one of the faster guys in this wide receiving group uh, coming from the Big 12. He had over, like, 3,200 yards in three seasons, averaging 19 yards. I mean, his uh, scrimmage yards last three years, he had over 3,000. But like I said, the, the biggest thing about him versus, like, the other two guys He's the fastest guy on here. I mean, one of the biggest things that people always like to pay attention to is speed. And he's got like the, he's tied for first with the highest combine grade with Jerry Judy. And uh, this guy right now has the potential to become a Pro Bowl caliber player. So when you look at those qualities, that's the only thing. But I, I think the biggest thing right now too, aside from the receivers, how about Tua Tango Valoa? I mean, he's, this is a guy who's been injured every now and then. Most recently, with a hip injury, he suffered this past fall against Mississippi. I don't know if you got a chance to see some of his videos right now. He seems like he's doing fine moving around. But what's your hesitation on a guy with Tango? I mean, uh, I definitely think that he will be picked um, for sure in the first round. Top 10, top 15. He's that type of a player. His injury will be a concern, but at the same time, um, uh, it really all depends on where he goes and he, if he can get protection. I'm not going to lie. He's been hit, and he's been injured in college, and one thing that we've seen is that injuries follow. So if he can manage to stay healthy in the right system, right team, because he's actually hurt, you know, he actually slipped down in the draft. And when you slip down the, in the draft, that means that you're going to better teams, right? Right. So just imagine that he can land in a, in, a, in, a, in a great team, you know, like a, let's say he lands Tennessee. Let's say that he lands Tennessee all of a sudden and then something happened and then he ended up getting in there. Tennessee has a great O-line, a great run game. Now you would look at him and be like, oh, my God, he's a, he, he's a good quarterback. So it's it's all about situational football. So I do think that he's a great quarterback. Does have health issues. That's my only concern about him. But he's a gamble if you can gamble for him. If you need a quarterback for your franchise for years, I'll be skeptical. But if you have one that you can gamble at, I say take him. He's more of a high risk. I mean, of a high reward, low risk. Yeah, another thing about him, too, I mean, the biggest thing he's got going for him, too, I mean, he's got an insanely good touchdown there, reception ratio, too. 87 touchdowns to 11 picks. Yeah. I mean, which is really off the charts. I mean, Grant, that's a lot more college ball, too, right there. But 
he's got like almost he's got a 7.9 usually for guys that are like really doing very good is like at number two this guy is like beyond like his peak right here I mean he can throw and he's, uh pretty much got some uh, decent accuracy I mean, he's averaging about 69% of his completion percentages in college. I mean, the three years that he's been there. The only thing is, like I said, I mean, who is he going to be more like a uh, fall to? I mean, and another question is, too, are the Bengals going to be listening to like trade offers right now and probably move on from Joe Burrow and sell for a guy like Tua instead? A guy like uh, Burrow who's been demanding that he does not want to play for the Bengals Bengals are not giving showing signs of giving in yet, but then there's been teams like the Dolphins who have been also pitching for this guy, willing to trade up for him. Well, we know for the right price. I believe that if 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 the right team comes with the right you know number of trades, you know it's the first overall pick. Royally is a stud, so I don't like I understand the Bengals. Hey, I don't care if you want to play for us, we're gonna sign you, and hopefully we can make you love us. We, we can get A.J. Green on board. You know, A.J. Green, he should come. Because there's a lot of friction in there. Remember, A.J. Green didn't play all season. He's only supposed to be gone four four weeks, eight weeks, returning in. So you can tell there's some things that's actually going on within that organization. So I can understand that. But um, like I said, Tua is, I believe that he's ready. He's big time ready. I remember watching him step into that college game with them being down and just coming in, taking over the Dalton passes. So I believe he's poised. He's NFL ready. But my only concern is does he have an NFL body because they hit different in the NFL than they hit in college. All right. Well, you hear that music. Thank you very much, Reese. So we're going to take a pause real quick. Uh, we're going to take a quick timeout. We'll be back. We're going to wrap up with some uh, latest news in the broadcasting industry of the NFL more particularly names from NFL on CBS and Fox right now, plus a quarterback you will not believe who's actually considering to go right into the broadcast feud, I mean, uh, field right now. How much uh, pre competition is the, we're being immune with quarterbacks coming out of retirement to join to go up against guys like Tony Romo? Listen to On Deck. I'm Charles. That's Reese. This is On Deck on CSR. Hey, Statheads, don't be left sitting on the bench as we bring you On Deck with all your Chicago and national sports trending topics. He's got it! That's a winner! Here on CSR. Bad to Let's see. And welcome back to CSR with me, Charles Brides, Richie, and Reese the Ruler. We are right now on the home stretch right now here on deck on CSR. Thank you very much for taking the time to join us here on this uh, Saturday. And hope everyone is doing well and being safe throughout everything. Again, the number, you guys are welcome to call or text. It is 312-209-2232. Again, that's 312-209-2232. Say hello right now to a few people joining us here on our Instagram live stream right now. We got... Crystal Chris right now, who joined, uh, waving right now. Thank you very much for uh, joining the show. Hope you're enjoying everything. Hope you're staying safe. 
love to hear your Easter plans right now, or if you guys celebrate Easter around this time. I'd uh, like to hear what you got planned for tomorrow for Sunday as we uh, are continuing right here. And I think a lot of people refer to it as Spiritual Day too, with our Lord and Savior uh, resurrecting to open up the gates to heaven. So that's one thing we got going on right now, special too. Well, I hear your plans. Hope everyone's doing safe. What's been your favorite activity with your family or around the house right now to keep yourself busy? we love to hear from you. And right now, the biggest uh, last topic we uh, mentioned going through the break, I was uh, mentioning, we got right now Charles Davis. Uh, this is coming from Awful Announcing as he is leaving NFL on Fox right now to come join NFL and CBS, the number two broadcast team, alongside Ian Eagle. Ian Eagle, who's definitely becoming a personal favorite of mine as of late. I've enjoyed listening to him call games over the years on CBS. He's got good chemistry. Him and Dan Fouts have been working together for a while, but now you're having Charles Davis come into the mix. And right now, too, I mean, it seems like, you know, Tony Romo, who's been one of the first guys who's made success when coming out of retirement from his playing career from the Cowboys into the broadcast booth, gets an insane contract to stay along with CBS. I think like about almost $17 million, I mean, a year or whatever, for a certain amount of years. So now you're starting to see the quarterback competition come into the broadcast play right now. More particularly, Drew Brees is another name that's been mentioned out there. That more than likely, it's a small consideration that he has agreed to work for NBC Sports. And that would be he'd be starting off with uh, Notre Dame football games and then Football Night in America and then NBC Sports top package. Drew Brees right there. ESPN Monday Night Football still seems to be the one that's looking desperately to try and change their talent on air for ratings. Stephen A, you see Stephen A now on Undisputed. Certain people get that certain energy. You see that uh, Peyton Manning did his own thing on ESPN called Details. Kobe also had it, you know, things like that. So the great, it's always good to see the greats take their game and actually explain it to another level. So um, I do think that in Monday Night Football do need to get some new people in there. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see Drew Brees you know, call plays or hear his viewpoints on things and hear how we can see how he thinks when he's under the helmet and, and things like that. So I think um, now you're going to start seeing people come out the out of retirement and go into the booth. You know, you're going to start seeing people trying to make that transition because of the love of the game. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing right there because a lot of people were looking forward to see if, like, Peyton or Eli Manning would be joining up on ESPN Peyton Manning still has shown no interest to come into the announcing role. And yet, Rod team, I mean, he still seems to be enjo fine, enjoying doing his commercials. I mean, with Nationwide and all his promotions there. I mean, he's still fine to be a recognizable face in the media. I'm not sure if he's yeah. just right for that yet. Yeah, well, you know, I just really think that he's probably enjoying this time right now. And to be tied up into all that, he had his own little ESPN uh, breakdown things like that, standing to it. I guess you don't want to be too committed to doing something locked in, everything. 
uh, after you know doing football for so many years, now you get to really dictate his future and when he moves around. It'd be good if they could get the Manning brothers together and ESPN. That would be great. You know, I think that'd be a right. You know, for a little bit, maybe add a, add a, add a third one in, add Archie in there, and just add a whole. You know, just add a whole Manning family in there. So you know, I'm very interested to, to see all the new changes ahead. Uh, see who's, who's going to be in the booth. But my question is, with Drew Brees making this move right here, do you see it as he he's making his way out? Do you see it as he's letting the fans, the people know, I'm only got a couple more years. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. Be truthfully honest with you. I think he's in the position similar, like with New England, but you got a different a more down-to-earth personality, Sean Payton. I think in a way he's kind of being forced out in, in some ways, to be honest with you. Because listen, every time he's been renegotiating his deal, he's been doing like like three-year deals lately. I think he just did one year and where he's getting a little bit more money up front. Don't forget, he also had the quarterback experiment too with, I mean, uh, Hill and then uh, Bridgewater behind uh, Breeze right there. I mean, so they've been writing themselves for a backup plan for quite a while. I just feel right now... I mean, at some time, when you have guys playing up in age right there, at some point, it does tend to put a little bit of pressure on a coach. I mean, yeah, as great as you are, as much as you contributed to our winning success and, like, the culture of this team and the town, at some point, you're putting a lot more pressure on our on our backs right now where it's like, what's going to happen when you go down and then how's that going to our fortunes? We got to start thinking about the future of the team. I can't blame some of these coaches just the way you're handling it right now, that's why I start to feel like. You definitely feel like you kind of carry a little bit more burden of weight in some capacity. And, and that, that that's what I feel. For sure. I just, I just... Yeah, yeah, I definitely can understand. But I think we just got, got to wait and see. You know, we got to you know, like definitely wait and see. And I just believe that with everything going on, I do I do believe that I'm sorry, did you say Uh hold on, we just uh lost Reese again right now. Uh he's gonna be uh typing to rejoin here in just a second. But right now it's uh me, Charles Prize, Richie. Bring them back on right now as we uh speak. And uh here we go. Uh Reese is uh rejoining right now as we're uh continuing on deck right now. We only got like a few more minutes and we're going to be out here in just a second. But uh, the biggest thing right now too, aside from that, as we got right now, as uh, we're just continuing on, uh, like, like I said, I mean, I think right now it, it makes a lot of sense with a guy like Dan Fouts, who's uh, been there for a while, especially on the CBS side. I mean, this guy's did a lot of years, I mean, with broadcasting. I mean, this guy right now, he is 68 years old. He's going to be 69. So he, he's pretty much done it for quite a while. I mean, with uh, CBS. I mean, former uh, Charger quarterback. I mean, his broadcasting uh, career and everything. I mean, it, I mean, he started off as an analyst in the late 80s, 1988. And uh, worked his way up for a lot. So he's definitely put in a lot of games right there. I just uh, Charles Davis, I think, is definitely he's definitely becoming a lot more big time contributor for the NFL too, especially with being on Madden video games. 
than on Fox. I definitely feel like Charles Davis is a lot more of a personable feel too at times. Yeah, like you said, uh, with the, I'm sorry, I was gonna come and piggyback on the on the Drew on the Drew Brees being pushed out. Is I can understand the the uh, Sean uh, uh, Hill, if I'm not mistaken, a little versatile quarterback. I mean, why would you let Teddy Bridgewater go after he had a great season if you knew that you're gonna hold on to him for maybe a year, maybe two? So hopefully Hill will see. But um, uh, Drew Brees would uh, be a better fit maybe in the Monday Night Football booth as well. And I think it's time that, that we change a lot of these analysts and things a lot like that. I try to get some people that played the game, fresh faces in there, to get that actual inside input. Yeah, no, I, de- I definitely feel you. I mean, it's, it's definitely changed a lot more, I mean, from that time when you look at it. I mean, over the years. I mean, it's definitely become a lot more like former players who's been getting in. I still remember a guy who's passed away a long time ago. And had a problem with that. I'm talking about the late Howard Cosell right there. He was one of the people that was against it at first in the beginning. Only because he felt like it was people who were... Whose jobs were to report the truth and the facts. And he felt like a lot of guys in the industry were getting big time breaks. But I mean, nonetheless, I mean, as we look at it. I mean, it's I think it's definitely good. And it's awesome to see these guys doing life after football. I mean, say what you will about these guys being taken care of health-wise, but I will say this. I definitely feel like they're getting a better post-career, I mean, later on, once they do hang it up, to be honest with you. I really do feel like they're getting some compensation. They may not feel in their playing career, but there are certain names in here who's making a name for TV. And like one person in the media said, just, just do it simple in life. Treat people with respect. And you know what? You may have some... Opportunities and doors open up for you for uh, stuff in the media post-career. For sure, like you said. Uh, but these players, when you love the game, it's kind of hard to step away. So to just be able to go into the, you know, to the booth, a lot of people want you, you feel like you want to go in coaching. You just want to actually just sit back and just, you know, uh, admire other guys' talents and sit and look, you know, and see the game from a different perspective. You've been playing it since you, you know, since you can run. So to actually sit down and just be able to like give your thoughts on it and say how how you see things on it, to be able to see one of the greats, to actually understand what he's thinking, what you know their their process, how how they would have did it, is actually is actually good. So I like when players go into the booth, you know, more than analysts because they've been in the locker room, they can understand the action. Like what's actually going on, and analysts just—that's their job. They analyze it, you know, but they haven't been actually in it. These players been in it, in the trenches, understand what's what's going on, and can, and can give you a more in-depth view on things. And real quickly, I want to just finish up with one last thing, real quick, and this is, and we gotta get out of here. But if you had to do for like football-wise, I want—I want to hear who will be your lead play-by-play announcer your lead analyst, and then your uh, studio analyst team. If you had to do like a fancy broadcast team all time in the NFL, who would be your play-by-play announcer, your analyst, and then your studio team? Who would you go with? How many people in my studio team do I get? I'll, I'll probably say like four at the minimum, yeah. If you want to do a fifth one, go for it. All right, all right so I'm going to take... Uh... 
and it's football, so I'm going to take um, Peyton Manning. I'm going to Steve Young. Let me get... Uh, for broadcasting. Charles Woods. Huh? For, bro- for broadcasting. Off enough for, for my lead analyst. You said, you said my... This this is in my in my um, in my in the booth. Yes. Um, so yeah. I'm, my four first, so I'm gonna take I'm gonna take um, I'm gonna take. Do they have to be players or just analysts? Oh, just players only. It could be a combination. I, I would just say people who are like who've been on the air that are currently in the broadcast or yes. making the transition into it. And the in the studio uh, talking on the panel. I would want, I would want uh, Peyton Manning, uh, Randy Moss. Let me get Steve Young, and I take, I take Stephen A. Smith. And then as my, as my broadcasters, I will. I just had him in my head. Stephen A. Smith, that'd be an interesting one right there. I want Boomer. I want Boomer. I don't know what it is about Boomer, but I love the him talk. That's a good one. Nice. I like Jaws. I don't know what it is. That is awesome. Stephen A. Smith uh, with Randy Moss. That'd be an interesting one uh, with those personalities. That's, that's why I want to put them together right there. <laughs> I will definitely go for like my broadcast team like for like calling the game. I'm going to go with Al Michaels. Al Michaels is my all-time favorite. And then I'll probably go with John Gruden as my analyst. John Gruden, I love the work that he did on Monday Night Football. And if he had to add a third one in the booth to join with them, Mike Tirico. So if, if a third one is allowable, I put Mike Tirico. I love him so much more on TV. He does an excellent work in studio. Studio analyst, I'm going. I definitely, I'll go with Mike Tirico right now since you already took Chris Berman, and I'll definitely go with Bill Cower as another one. Yeah, and then I also had to go with. I'll I'll go with. I'll definitely say. Shan Sharp. And uh, last but not least, my uh, fourth guy for that broadcast team, I will go with Howie Long for some reason. Howie Long has always been like uh, Captain Cool for all the years. Yeah, real cool. That's good. That'd be some real good football we'll be watching. Like, all right, man. Hey, well, you hear that music? We're actually getting ready to count down. But for uh, Reese, Charles Prodge, Richie, can follow us on our social media at Prodge Richie at ISDR with another boat. We're getting ready uh, to end this video. Hope everyone has a good Easter. And uh, Reese, thanks for joining me. Look forward to seeing you again uh, down the road, my man. Yeah, next week, man. Enjoy your Easter, man. Stay safe out there. Quarantine ain't a thing. Likewise.